Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome into another edition of Infection Podcast. My name is Nick Craig. You can follow me on X at Nicholas M. Craig. Or, of course, check out our website, infectionpodcast.com. It would be a national tragedy to do this show alone. So joining me as he does, Brian with an eye, Aldridge. Hello, Mr. Brian. Hello. And if you want to find me, of course, on X, you can get me at uh, Boise Computer and at Brian Aldridge on all the rest of them uh, if I have an account there. Uh, of course, you can go check out our blog for getting a hold of us. Uh, so, Nick, this week, <laughs> there was uh, something that we've been waiting for. It's done. Finally happened. It's done. Uh, yeah, it is, it's now considered official. Uh, Microsoft, Activision, Blizzard, the whole behemoth that is that is now a merged company. Now, there's going to be things happening. But, uh, but the, so the, here's their video. This is like their video for, uh, I don't know. Do you want to play audio on it? I don't know if there's music. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's music. Um, so this is their little merge trail. So obviously this is, uh, you know, Halo and, uh, I don't know what game this is. Oh, which one is that? That's one of the Call of Duties. For, no. That was a Forza? Call of Duty. Yeah. Forza. Yeah. Was it, was that, that was one of the, one of their Call of Duty, um, characters, wasn't it? Oh. Sea of Thieves, a couple of other games. There. Yeah, was that World of Warcraft there? Get Bethesda yeah, in there. Well, those are all Bethesda properties, so those have already existed. But Warcraft would, of yeah. course, be new, right? Well, that yeah, that's under Blizzard. A Crash Bandicoot? Forgot that that's yeah, an Bandicoot, Activision product. Yeah. That was always a PlayStation yeah. exclusive. Overwatch. <laughs> oh, Candy Crush, how would I ever... How hey, they, they, they held on to their mobile. <laughs> yes, they did. It's about time. StarCraft. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. If they bring back the old Crash Bandicoot games, man, I'll be all in over that. I, I, that would be phenomenal. Well, and that's something that they've said, and we'll, we'll cover Spyro. that a little bit. They, forgot about They've Spyro. actually talked about that uh, being, you know, what about these old products? Because there's a lot of products... I have a list of games that people haven't heard of for a long time that are now owned by Microsoft that hopefully will get a remaster, hopefully will get new content. So uh, that's their official trailer. It's they, a good day to now... play. It's a good day to be uh, Phil Spencer. It's a good day to be yep. uh, old, uh, what's his name? Uh, who's the Activision CEO? Um, oh, God, his name is totally escaping me right oh, now. Todd, uh, uh, Bobby Kotick. Yeah, great day. To be all of these guys, you have a list. What? What? Uh, I'd be curious for you to run through some of those uh, those list items. Okay, so let's let's look at some of these names because these are ones that I was like, oh, they own that. Okay, so first of all, Activision Blizzard. Here's ones that maybe aren't so great. Uh, 3D Ultra Pinball. I'm sure. I mean, I mean I'm their... I'm I'm ecstatic. <laughs> yeah, on the edge <laughs> of their seats. But Call of Duty, Call to Power, Crash Bandicoot, which you had mentioned, really good. Uh, one great that hasn't had it new content for a little while dark rain of course diablo is a big one coming in um extreme paint brawl front page sports baseball gray gabriel knight geometry wars guitar hero which hasn't guitar hero hasn't had anything for a while since when did geom i don't ever remember geometry wars being an activision game i thought that was just some indie title that came out on the xbox 360 (laughs) they got got him somehow interesting i didn't know that so then Guitar Hero, uh, you know, I'm thinking maybe we'll start to see some content out of that because that was really popular. They just, 
they they kind of went off the rails with the content and how yeah, they that were was doing actually it. made by a studio that Activision bought. Uh, I toured their yep. studio once when I lived in Albany, and the name um, Vicarious Visions was the name of the studio yep. that was the uh, was one of the main call Guitar Hero studios. Um, so I'll be I think they tried do tried that. doing this weird like online and doing weird things with subscriptions to songs and got away from the core of the game. And I think people sure. would still have fun. I think there's a space for it for sure. And no probably question. in mobile too. You know, they could do mobile with some of that game. Um, then he got heavy, or actually Gun Hearthstone, which has been around and, and fairly popular. I think it's kind of dwindled in the last couple of years. Heavy Gear. Heretic is an old one. That's like a an old 90s title. I don't know if they put out too much since then, but Heretic is an old one. Heroes of the Storm. Hexen is another old one. Interstate 76. King's Quest is one. Now, you're probably, I don't know if King's Quest was really huge for yeah. you, but me growing up, you know, in the 90s, King's Quest was a, started out as a really basic text adventure type of game. Well, not really text adventure, but very rough point-and-click adventure um, had some newer versions. I've got them all on my arcade machine to trip to play. Yeah, that's the original. That's the original Brutal. King's Quest. I mean, <laughs> 16 I, I remember, I remember playing that game and it was pretty hard at the time, but I was pretty young. Yeah. Uh, lower Laura bow mystery series. I don't know. Lost Vikings, Matt Hoffman's pro BMX overwatch Phantasmagoria, pitfall. I mean, who knows? We'll see some new hot pitfall action happen. Yeah. Uh, Police Quest is one that I used to love. Now Never the old Police Quest, and you got to think it's it's an old uh, kind of an adventure game like that where you were a detective and you were solving exactly. crimes. It looks exactly <laughs> the same as King's Quest. I mean, it's the same. It's, it's the, King's it's, Quest, but it's a police. Do you, do you have a picture of the, it? A police. It's the exact there you same go. Thing, the same hey, UI. there is. That's way better graphics. Hey, I know the the stages of graphics. Okay. This that's is way better than the okay. King's this Quest. might be thirty two color, maybe. It's yes. not 64, 30, close colors. 64 colors. Yeah, We're maybe. Moving on up. Okay. Um, Same white so you, UI at the top with the score, though. Literally the I exact, know. I hey, mean, that's how they... I mean, it's, ex it's literally exactly okay. the same thing. Then we got Prototype, Quest for Glory. Now, SWAT was, a, was another game. That was a little bit newer versions of the I've, Police Quest. Yeah, I've, I've but heard of SWAT. The old SWAT games. Singularity, which kind of was more of a flash pan type of thing. It, it didn't, I mean, it was popular for a little bit, but then it didn't really get a lot of play afterwards. Skylanders soldier of fortune is one. I still ha I had the box up until recently for that. Like that's, that's an old um, shooter game space quest. Now that's right along with, uh, with police quest and oh, King's quest. Hold on. <laughs> space quest is another one of those that was right around that time frame. A old game I used to play. Come on, Nick, you love it. You'll love these graphics. It's the exact same. Dude, the interfaces quest. are exactly the same score. It's the exact same thing. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, they wanted to have a uniform interface. And they didn't they, have I to, mean, yeah. to rewrite I the mean, code. Yeah. Corporate wants you to point out the difference between these two games. Are you capable yeah, this of This is an upgraded it? game. The yeah. background <laughs> scenes are different. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is old. This looks so, old. This is like 16 color. Yeah. So this is yeah, 16 bit. All right. Oh, 16 colors. Yeah. Um, so this that's Space Quest. Spyro, you know, really popular, popular. one that I think mm -hmm. they could definitely keep going with. StarCraft, that's been a while since they've come out with anything StarCraft, but they still do tournaments. There's a huge competitive scene StarCraft for StarCraft. StarCraft 2 still. is still pretty popular, and that game came out in like 2009, yep. I think, or something like that. Tenchu says only the games released before Activision Blizzard sold the rights to from software. 
from so Soft older versions Blades of in that, 2004. Right? So, yeah, it's older stuff. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Haven't seen anything out for that in a long time. Used to play that on the Dreamcast. It's a great I think game. It was. True Crime, Ultimate Soccer Manager, Warcraft, which would be nice to see some real content from Warcraft coming out again. Of course, World of Warcraft. Now, here's one. Zork. One of my, one of my favorite games ever when I was 15 was Return to Zork. Mm-hmm. It was one of those ones where they recorded video. You know, it was like yeah. a cut scenes. Um, so the original Zork was a text adventure. You know, you are... Uh, you are standing in front of a mailbox. There's a white house. Like, that's the opening scene of that one. Sad that I still remember it. Um, but that is Zork. And then Return to Zork was was one that I played a lot of. Very difficult game. I don't know. I was 15, so maybe, maybe it wasn't that difficult. But High-quality uh, graphics. Yeah, that's Zork. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's like the end of Zork, probably. But yeah, that sorry is... Sorry to spoil it. Yeah, and you're telling me you've reached the final test. I, I never made it that far in the original Zork. Yeah, well, so, it's only been 40 years. You ruined it for me. It's, it's 40, <laughs> 41 years. I, it's 42 years. I apologize. Yeah, well, so, so is, Zork um, would be a good one to, to have something cool because there's a nice story and there are like four of them out there. So that's, yeah. that's just the Activision Blizzard part. Then there's King, which is a bunch of mobile yeah, games. Mobile um, games. They have there. Um, now, Bethesda this, was there before, but Commander uh, Keen, I want to mention one thing. Commander Keen, Wolfenstein... Um, Quake, Doom, these are all ones from Bethesda. It'd be nice if they're focusing on these old ones. Come out with a new Commander Keen, because Commander Keen was hot in the 90s. So let me... I don't want to burst your bubble. I can tell you're very excited. And yes, Commander yes. Keen is, is a great game. They've owned... Act, they've owned um, Bethesda, Bethesda slash ZeniMax for five years now. Maybe longer than that. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. And they haven't really, we haven't seen them really touch some of these older IPs. Uh, now we've had we've had some new Dooms and things like that, um, but I, I don't know that that's going to be their priority. Well, okay, here, listen to this. Here's from uh, here sure. is a quote sure. from Phil Spencer, Phil, Xbox boss Phil Spencer is open to breaking the seal on some forgotten games. If team wants to go back and revisit some games, he says I'm going to be all in. Uh, make it on some don't just do it for activision blizzard do some of the bethesda because there's some awesome old uh ips they haven't touched yet in 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 the bethesda as well you know just uh if you i mean if you look at pull up commander keen really quick because you'll see you got to think think of the graphics that was that time everybody knows doom quake um starfield even wolfenstein they've got some newer wolfensteins they come out with but Commander Keen was kind of a kids type of game, side scroller, yeah, uh, but for the time, pretty good graphics. Definitely. And it had a funny story. It was kind of a comedy. Uh, you know, that would be one that they could totally modernize, and it would bring back all these guys my age. They're like, dude, I remember playing this when I was a kid, and they'd be all in and have their kids try it, and it'd be something that, you know, not necessarily a remaster. Come up if you can come up with a better method. You know, this was kind of the technology at the time, the side-scroller. But come up with a fun way to play this game and use the IP and continue the story because it was it was really popular at the time. They had, like, six different Commander Keens that came out with back then. I just think it would be, I think it would be fun. That's, you know, revisit not, my, my glory days. I'm not, and believe me, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here. I just, I'm not, I'm not sure that I'm... I, I hear your quote. Can you read Phil Spencer's quote again? All right. Phil Spencer said, 
that he is open to breaking the seal on some forgotten games. He says, if the team wants to go back and revisit some, and it's, it's insinuating games, he says, I'm yeah. going to be all in. I'll believe when I see it. That they've owned, yeah. they've owned some of. Now, obviously, you're talking about the Activision. Now, these these older point and clicks and 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 2D scrollers, that's a different era. But you know, the games out of that that really came to mind that I could see some serious um, stuff happening with would be games like Spyro. Those are big. These are huge PlayStation Two games. Crash Bandicoot was one of the legendary PS2. Uh, games like all, all but I don't consider those ones forgotten though I mean those are fairly I I, th- I think he's hinting not... at the ones whoa Ooh, something happened with my oh I don't know what happened there oh. um I don't know yeah. uh I, I don't know what um <laughs> I, I, they're not new though Brian I mean you're talking about the Crash Bandicoot games you're talking about early 2000s well, when these games came. yeah 20 year old games at this point right so you some of these games generation. you can still get and play on current more current hardware I'm well, thinking the ones see. that people haven't seen you know the Kids like my kids have never heard you know, other than me making them sit at the arcade machine and say, you know, sit down and play this for an hour or else you don't get to touch the arcade ever again. Uh, you know, yeah. This is the kind of thing father, to father get them to play year. and see some of these games. <laughs> yeah. You're going to play this game whether you like it or not. Um, the the last now. OK, so there, there have been recent Crash Bandicoot games. So I guess I'm just out of the loop because there's one that That's came what I mean, I, I, there's in some more recent of those. Crash yeah. Bandicoot 4, it's about time. I just feel like bringing back the original Crash Bandicoots and the, uh, God, the the racing one was awesome. I don't remember what it was called, but like uh, Crash Bandicoot Racing, that was sick. Um, they've got a lot of opportunity. Uh, they've, th- th- I mean, Cause, damn, cause they own. My wife every- and, the, and our kids play, we play, they on the arcade, they play Spyro, they play Crash Bandicoot. Um, you know, they, they enjoy those, but I, you know, those are, still fairly modern on some of them because some of them have come out with new content, you know, other than in their original. Some of these haven't been seen for, I don't know why they keep closing, sorry about that, uh, hasn't been seen for like 40 years. I mean, you know, this has been 30 years. Uh, a lot of these are fairly old. So I don't know. If, if they're saying some of the forgotten ones, like Hexen, Hexen has been a, a running joke as far as coming out with a new one of those for a long time. I think for the meme factor, they may be willing to come out with the Hexen before anything else. Hmm. Uh, you know, Hexen is one that was kind of a dark uh, game. I didn't play it just because it had a lot of sat- satanic symbolism and things like that when I was a kid. So it wasn't something I played. But I mean, so did Doom and Quake and all of these other ones. But this one was pretty blatant on the cover. Yeah. So yeah, and there, there's I mean, there's a lot. I just it'd be interesting to see with them getting this closed. You know, the money being done and what they actually pick out of this list and see if they come forward with some things that could be very popular because i think a lot of the problem is we're kind of relying on a lot of ips that are repetitive on something call of duty you know every year every two years they come out with something new um you know i I think having some where even diablo you know they they take a couple of years between releases but I, i think having some of these that haven't had one for a long time and just see if people get pulled in by the story, you know, put modern graphics on it, have some people that are thinking, you know, nostalgia, but find some of these old IPs and see if there's an interest in them. See if you can come up with a good story or gameplay, whatever it is, and, and pull them out of the closet. So, so it's done. There's a lot of, there's a lot of IPs. I, I, I also want to see World of Warcraft. I want to see what they do with that in the Game Pass because I've been saying that since the announcement of this. Like, what are you going to do with, with World of Warcraft when it comes to the Game Pass? 
Are you going to bundle it in somehow because the $15 a month current uh, World of Warcraft fee makes zero sense in the market? It, it, it's a very antiquated model. Um, yeah. That, you know, the, the, uh, the world is their oyster, as they say, Brian, and um, they've got the IPs. Excuse me. They've got the IPs to to do it if they want it. Uh, what what yep. really what it's going to come? Excuse me. Hiccups. Um, what it's going to come down to is uh, manpower and resources. And I I will note yep. the backdrop again. I I just sound like I'm being real negative here. I, that's not my intention. Um, but the backdrop of all of this is a shrinking video game industry right now. Well, because right of the now, yeah. Of the economy. So they may want to um, wait. I, I, I well, think. Well, they're going to have. What to about? Wait. What about taking some of these old IPs and making a mobile? Just coming up with a way a, to, to well, make the interface. They did that with the new Diablo. Isn't that, exactly. isn't that the new Diablo well, that's mobile? Yeah, but I, I'm thinking like some of these really old games that have graphics that you wouldn't think of as stellar on a console, but you take them to a mobile device and you throw those graphics on there and they don't look that bad. It fix up the, the interface so that you can play it and take some of these old IPs and just throw those games out there and people will, will buy them and play them on their mobile or tablet. The only problem you're going to have with that is for some of these older games, there's going to be no way to port them to mobile. They're going to have to completely yeah. rebuild them because they're so old. I mean, like the engines. It'd be that funny these if they did an old on. DOS emulator on a phone. Well, yeah, I mean that's what. Yeah, to <laughs> play some know. of those, to play some of those point and clicks and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it comes down uh, to like if it's an old old PlayStation One game. Yeah, you're going to run into some issues. You know, they do have emulators, but I don't think they're going to want to use an emulator on a a play store. Well, I'm sure it's store. against Apple's terms of service Product. anyway. So yeah. they probably can't, they probably can't do it even if they wanted to. Um, so it's, uh, it's done. Um, it's done. The deal's closed. Well, now, one funny thing, we've still got the U S antitrust enforcer says pressing on with fight against the Microsoft Activision blizzard deal. Great. This was after the UK gave their permission. And then they said, we're closing the deal. You know, you've still got the FTC, good old con, uh, sitting there saying that they're not going to approve. They're still going to fight it. They're going to go to the D.C. Court of Appeals, um, Appeals Court on December 6th. So, I mean, they're, they're considering the this appeal. done. But yeah. you still got the FTC going to, to the Court of Appeals on December 6th trying to fight this. I just think it's, they said the FTC continues to believe this deal is a threat to competition. The FTC is a threat to competition. If you see, I mean, we've talked about the type By of definition. things they've been doing. They're just, they're, uh, the way that they've been doing business, they've been a threat to business in general, let alone competition. Um, I don't know. It's just frustrating kind of seeing what our FTC has been doing and how they've been attacking business. And, and everyone else has passed this along, and she's still not willing to let this go. No. And we're right. wasting tax dollars fighting it, something that's already been done. Well, yeah, Lena Khan has has made that pretty pretty clear. Yeah, and so we've got right. okay, so we've got the UK who approved it, the the US saying they don't. Um, one thing that they said in this is they're still, you know, because we got all these these different people trying to start unions. They said that they are re reiterating that their la their labor neut labor neutrality agreement um, following the acquisition is still in place. You know, this is something that they have said they're not anti-union. Um, you know, and Microsoft hasn't really been anti-union. I think they've kind of 
accepted them where they need to accept them. Um, now's not a great time, I don't think, but that's something they're kind of keep they're keeping going, um, even though you know they've merged because Activision Blizzard is the one that the unions seem to fight so much. They didn't seem to fight Microsoft. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, see how many unions try to form out of this. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of that deal. Um, we'll see what games they start to list off, but who knows? Uh, you know, if, if they start to bring some old titles, maybe they'll start kind of putting out some teasers on the internet and see what people really clamor for um, before they move forward. But sure. I haven't heard of anything official yet. All right. Do you have anything in particular you want us to to aim for, or are we just going to jump off and and jump into another thing? No, I don't. Nothing. Uh, nothing in particular. Okay, let's talk about something with Rocket League here, really quick. Sure. Because What's this is something there? that uh, Epic, of course, owns Rocket League now, um, and they've been trying to figure out some different things. One thing that they're changing in an upcoming version of Rocket League is they're no longer going to have skin trading. Now. For people who don't know what that means, that you can win skins and you can trade them in the market. You can So there were third-party markets that people had on the internet where you could go and, and trade these skins uh, for money and things like that. Uh, one person, I, I thought this was kind of entertaining, you know, the Rocket League trading site founder says he will never build a product based on the decision of another company again after one decision from Epic puts him out of a job. Well, welcome to reality. Uh, this is something I dealt with with uh, Hangout Canopy. We built a product on Google's Google+, and when they said that they didn't want us doing it anymore, we were beholden to that being the thing. Right? We, what could we do about it? They own the product. When you build something that's 100% piggybacking on someone else's product, can't really complain if they change something that makes your site or your service invalid and that's what they they've done yeah and you know it it sucks um i think it's i think the uh the quote there build a product based on the decision of another company so under that logic if we're going to play it out because that's a that's a very bold claim to make i think you would agree to that yeah uh if we play that out then this game is not on steam this game's not on Xbox. This game's not on PlayStation. It needs to be a game that is only available on its own console, right? Well, yeah. I mean, that's well, no, but that's but that, that, but that's that's the same that's, thinking. They're they're beholden to whatever service they put their product on. But that's what you know, I'm saying. Is like so you're gonna if Steam wants to pull their product. That's my then they point. Can pull their is, product. Oh well, we built it on Unreal Engine and Epic, and those are just terrible guys and everything else. Um, but what about the marketplaces that you're on? I mean, you, you, yep. you, you can't, to me, it's, it just seems like a really weird argument. That's all. I, I just, I don't really understand well, what I don't really understand. And he that. was making money on their service. You got to think he's not hosting any of the real infrastructure of the skins, the trading. So he, he's making a percentage off of a market outside of the whole game where, if Epic really wanted to make money, they could have done a trading system in the game and made money off of it that way. I mean, if you really wanted to, he's making money off of everything. All he's doing is providing an interface for people to be able to do security trades through, which, you know, is that is a lot of work to do it well. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of fraud that possibly happens. But, you know, that's something that I think, I, I assume they would trade it to some neutral yeah, there's so, you know, account, so this is a, and then yeah. it, then it gets handed off. 
this has existed for a while. I back at, when I was in high school, I played a lot of TF2, and there was no in-game player trading there. So you would use websites like the TF2 Trading Post, where you would do this, and it would be that exactly that you trade it. It would get traded through some sort of intermediary, and then you would uh, the the trade would happen. So I'm sure. I mean, there Diablo will be a did this. Did you, there do you will remember be a on the uh, a couple of Diablo ago when they first released Diablo. one of their newer Diablos? They had to where you could buy from other players. They had kind of a, an auction house in game where for cash you could buy uh, weapons and things from other players. That's how I paid for one of my World of Warcraft editions. I got $60, I think it was, for one item that I had won in the game. And someone paid 60 US dollars for me <clears throat> to sell them that item in game. And I did because I didn't really care. You know, I was playing the game just for fun. Sure. And it gave me the other game. So, you know, that they turned it off because of Chinese hackers going and just infiltrating the market and making a mess out of everything. But that was that was something they did for a while. And I think it was fairly successful. Kind of made the game a pay to win game, um, you know, which is, is a downside, you know, in the end. But, you know, if anything, you know, these companies, if that's what they want to do, they should do it internally and kind of get rid of these external markets. Don't allow trading if you don't want trading to happen. Because well, look at... Uh, TF2, was it TF2's got markets? Um, All outside got, of the game. That's my point. Is So th this yeah. is this is inside of the game where this is not. Where, no, no, this of is the, but no, this market's outside of the game. People are doing this all in an external website. That's what this guy's complaining about. He he hosts it totally outside of Rocket League. People uh, so Rocket League is shutting this, them down? Trade their, well, no, they're just turning off trading skins altogether, which is But that's because of business. something with Epic that's happening. Epic's, Epic's just turning it off, the feature of trading skins with other people off. Oh, because oh wait, so Epic his, owns Rocket League, don't they? Epic owns Rocket League, oh, yes, that's what I'm saying. I forgot that they owned Rocket League. I yeah, they totally bought blanked on that they owned Rocket League. Well, you know what? Then, yeah, then this, then this, then my, never mind. Can, can, I, can I get a redo of you the last 10 minutes? <laughs> yeah, you see I'm, where like, I'm going now? Yeah, uh, yeah, it makes perfect sense. So yeah, they they don't want their stuff traded on an outside marketplace, so they're shutting it off. Okay, mm -hmm. big big freaking deal. I mean, you built a third party app on top. You yep. built an app using their API on top of a, a, a I think is Rocket League free. I don't remember if it's free or not. Yeah, it's free uh, to play. Free to play game. Yeah, I mean it is what it is. And that's the thing. I mean, it it's, sucks, so it's, but whatever. It, well, yeah, it's I mean it sucks for him, but I, you know it's it's just the way that this type of business works, and for them. You know, maybe they're wanting to redo. I personally, I don't like it when there's a bunch of skin traders and things like that because you get people constantly messaging you to try to trade things and it kind of changes the whole attitude of the game where it's not about competition. It's about them getting skins and trying to make money. Um, and then there's plenty of other games that do that, but we'll see if they kind of back off of this. I don't think this is, this is totally going to change how some people play the game because there are people that play this game to make money. They play Correct. it to try to get skins and, you know, make money off of this. Uh, maybe this will cut out some. I'm, I'm wondering if part of their reasoning is you got a lot of bots and things that are just trying to collect skins to sell them. Is this to combat those bots to where their whole business is pointless? Having a bot that's sitting there and kind of acting like it's moving just to get points or, you know, XP or whatever it is to unlock things and having a bot run, all, run the game all day. Uh, you know, kind of kills because in this game, when you have players that aren't helping you, and, and but you can't quit without getting penalized, which is how this game works. 
it's frustrating. You have I to sit wanna, there and then carry the the game while you have bots running around. I want to um, I want to read this last part of this statement. This is this is from PC Gamer, which is normally a pretty good outlet. Um, but I think the big picture here is that companies like Valve and Epic do not like it when people make products based off their products, just as long as it's yeah. on their terms. Like Valve selling user created cosmetics on the Steam marketplace. An epic sharing revenue with Fortnite Island creators under their creator economy 2.0 terms. Informal business yep. relationships are out. Formal ones are in. And I think that that that's good. And I like the context of that there because the your initial impression would be, well, these companies, you know, if Kutaku was writing this article, it would read something like, you know, greedy bastards strip away livelihood or something like that, right? That's what it yeah. would read. The, but the reality is they have ways for gen revenue generation both of these companies offer revenue generation through things like either the Steam marketplace or through the creator account, which, by the way, Valve is paying out 60% to the creators, yep. which is the most, which is the best possible deal you're going to find. Nobody else is coming close to that. Um, they're just yep. changing this. Yep. Yeah. And I think that, uh, I think that's something for them that maybe there's something they're going to release or do. Uh, you know, they're wanting to curtail this right now, but we'll, we'll find out the, you know, this is a very popular product. Still, there's a lot of people that really enjoy this game. Uh, you know, if this is going to hurt the game, I think they would reverse it, but I have, I have a good assumption that they're probably going to be doing something that will enhance the game or, you know, do something that people can't use to make money off of it and maybe yeah. cut some of the other issues out. All right. Um, well, here's another one that I think is really going to affect. Sorry, we're getting some random ones here, but this is going to really affect some one of our favorite game stores, GameStop. Best Buy is going to stop selling physical media next year. Makes perfect which sense. Which is a big part of what GameStop relies on for making money, is selling used games. We're getting closer and closer to having a discless type of gaming atmosphere to where I, I can see easily in five years them really not having car uh disc games and selling consoles that have the the ports anymore for that well because you know maybe they'll sell something external but what's the real what's the point on this when everything can be digital and almost everybody has fast internet L let me let me clarify one thing this is physical movies and tv shows video games are not part of this oh so well that's kind of weird well they're they're saying okay so movies and tv shows yeah so that was an update they put out afterwards then. Yeah, so I they think were the saying initially this was going to be games. Well, because I think Best Buy's original announcement was we're done selling physical media, which a video game would be considered. And then uh, I think then there was an so update. So they put out like, an update oh. here recently. Okay, good. Well, yeah. that because that, when I originally put this in there, they, yeah, they weren't saying, they were saying that they were stopped selling physical media, period. And I was now, like, wow, that's going to kill this. I can understand. Movies I can understand. Well, but here's the thing. I can understand physical video games, too. First of all, Brian, let me ask you a series of questions as if this were a courtroom. Mr. Aldridge, when was the last time you visited a Best Buy? Uh, when I bought my Xbox. Mr. Aldridge, what, I got, when, Mr. Aldridge, when was that? This was two years ago. I mean, okay. this three years ago, maybe. So over tw between 24 and 36 months ago, you visited a Best Buy. Yes. Did you buy physical media when you were at your Best Buy? Did you buy a video no. game with your console? 
I didn't even go in because this was the middle of COVID. And they wouldn't Mr. Al- Mr. Al- store, Mr. So Aldridge, Mr. Aldridge, Mr. Aldridge, I'm speaking here. Mr. Aldridge, when was the last time you purchased a physical video game inside of a Best Buy? I have never purchased a game inside of Best Buy. <laughs> okay, so I, I've actually I've never purchased a game in a Best Buy either, which is crazy because they have a decent video game collection. But I was yeah. in Best Buy a couple months ago. I uh, I had some time to kill between a meeting and the, there's a coffee shop in the Best Buy Plaza. So I walked in there and I wanted to see what they had on the shelf for GPUs. This was like as we were coming out of the GPU shortage, I wanted to see what yeah. they physically had product wise. So I looked yeah. I looked at that and they actually had some decent stuff. I think I posted it in Discord. Um, and then I ran over to the um, video game section and it was like a barren wasteland. I mean, yeah. there were hardly any g- games on there. Unlike GameStop, the physical games are on the shelves. It's not just the leaflet with no game in it like they have at Best or at GameStop. When you're buying a cellophane-wrapped game that sits on a little hanger shelf, there was nothing there for anything. For the Switch, yeah. well, I know the Switch doesn't sell physical games, but no cartridges for the Switch, not a whole lot for the Xbox or PlayStation. There just wasn't a whole hell of a lot in there. Um, yeah. So while, yes, this is not affecting video games right now, um, I can see I, it around the corner, right? I, I mean, within within a couple of years, I just, it's not, not only is it becoming less and less prominent that you're buying, and again, Best Buy only sells new games. There is no used game marketplace. That's one of the things that Best Buy, or uh, GameStop has going for them, is I could walk in there today and purchase an old used Xbox One game, uh, yeah. but you can't do that at Best Buy. There's zero margin on new video games, Brian. I mean, companies yep. like Best Buy and GameStop get the games for like like $52 a game. So you're talking about a 7 to $8 margin on a game. That is nothing. I mean, it is abysmal. Well, I always wait for sales on digital anyways. Like, Or you know, if I get any kind of a deal and I'm going to get a game, first of all, I don't want it on discs because I've run it. Only thing, when I've gotten games on discs, they get broken. They get scratched. Something sure. happens and, and I end up not having the game anymore. I know if I get it digitally... And as long as my account never gets banned, I have access to it on my Xbox account. Yeah. And I, I think that that's kind of the natural way that everybody's leaning. And I can't imagine before long, if they keep having low sales, you know, the, the, they offer these buy two, get one free and all these other things. If they don't make a lot of sales or if the consoles quit putting the disk drives on the consoles themselves, which has been talked about quite a bit, then what would be the point of selling any physical media? Uh, you know who who go buy, who's, goes and buys them for PC even anymore? Discs. I, well, I, nobody even sells discs. So I mean, for PC, I mean, yeah. you, but try buying a sleeve of blank CDs, Brian. Even that is complicated now. I mean, you can't. I don't even think store. Yeah. I'm not even sure Best Buy sells that stuff. You have to go to like Staples to buy that. Um, I think if they even carry them anymore, who knows? Um, yeah, uh, we are probably. <sighs> Three, four years away from the next, from new consoles, five years maybe, yep. somewhere in that ballpark. Which by that um, time, I think it's going to be expected to be discless. All digital. Yeah, I mean, there's yep. just, I don't see, I don't see a situation where maybe like the deluxe edition of the console has a disk drive. For Again, for backwards compatibilities, the only issue where this ter- shows up is I've got a huge catalog of Xbox 360 games, physical media, of course, um, and the cool thing, one of the cool things with the Xbox One, I do not have a new generation. I have the last gen Xbox, 
is that I can play, I can pop in an old Call of Duty and play that. That's yeah. really cool. But here's the great solution for this, Brian. All these companies have to do, and I believe they're already doing them, uh, USB 3 disk drives or USB-C yeah. disk drives for backwards compatibility. Because That's all they need. In five years, is a game going to fit on no, a Blu-ray drive? It will not. That's the problem. They're, they're going to have maybe the base install or something on there, but you're still going to have to download. There's not going to be anything you can play without an internet connection. So what's the point? And day one patches, every single one of these games that come out now have a 50 gigabyte day one patch. Yeah. So what's the point of the disc in the first place? And they require you to install the patch to even play the game. Correct. You know, so it's like you've already downloaded the whole thing that was on the disc in the first place, uh, and and they can't even fit all of it on there. So you're just da- installing part of it from the disc if you are, and then they're downloading the rest off the internet. Yeah. So I think it's kind of a, an interesting issue that they're gonna that that it's eventually gonna make those obsolete because we haven't had a lot of advances in Blu-ray technology in quite a few years if you really think about it. You know, from CDs to DVDs to Blu-ray, there was a progression. But you know what the next progression is? It's digital. There's not, a, of anything I've heard of coming out, there's not another step other than USB, you know, maybe USB 3 and future USB 4 disk drives that are no longer spinnable CDs. They're going to well, be working off of a Blu-ray. I mean, a disk a, is... a USB type of a plug. A disc is just a of a, a, a series of pits and what are they called? Pits and valleys, I think, is what they call when when you're etching a disc. There's only so much yep. you can physically fit. Um, yeah. So and they haven't advanced that too much. Well, you there's know, no way to. I mean, there's only so that, beyond it. You can only make a laser so small. I mean, and make it so cost yep. effective. So I mean, there's no question about it. We we can move on. I mean, the the, the physical media is out. Uh, the games are too big. They when they go gold, that's the term when a game is is the the final version of the game that's pressed onto all the well not pressed but burned onto all the discs. Mm-hmm. That happens at a way earlier pace than the development cycle. So these games come out, and as Brian noted, have 50, 60, 70 gigabyte day one patches can't even play you literally can't even play the game without an internet connection to start it just doesn't make any sense anymore um yes there are people without broadband internet for those people brian the sad reality is you're gonna have to stick with the older consoles i mean that's just that's just the reality of it it's a very small user base i would assume um and that's that so sorry but that's that and and, yeah the days are going away where you, you have you know here's the games that your kids can play that are on discs yeah, you know, because you're not giving them a console on the internet. I mean, that's I think that's going to be gone. All right, let's well, there's um, always retro consoles. Really... Well, and that's the thing is those are you know we have one of those in our house. You know, it's, it looks like an arcade box, but it has a lot of the old retro console. It has PlayStation games, has all Dreamcast legally owned games. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, well I've got I've got piles of discs for these things too. Yeah, so, yeah yes, but... you know, as... <laughs> <laughs> you only saw what we're getting rid of in our garage. Oh, um, but that's the thing is, you know, these, I think that'll have a place, you know, they'll, they'll eventually there will be a trend for maybe having something that has all these old games on it that doesn't require the internet. Kind of like what they did with the old Pac-Mans and, you know, they remember they would sell those little controllers that had the games built in. Yeah, I think of course. I remember those when I was growing that's, up. That's a PlayStation. They're going to sell a PlayStation pre-bundled that you has a bunch of these old PlayStation games that you don't have to have an internet connection for. Cause that was the beauty of that. You just plugged it in and you played. So we'll see. I think, I think it's. It's coming. All right. Um, do you want to talk about AI, or would you like to talk about some uh, crime things? 
let's talk about AI. We haven't talked about AI in a while. What's going on in the old AI front? All right. Well, there's been quite a few advancements. One one thing that I saw that was interesting is you know when the whole unity thing, unity thing happened, uh, there was an announcement that this place called Series AI is, has raised seven point nine million for an AI game engine. Uh, okay. You know, so this is something where they're they're forming this the studio. Uh, now it sounds like it might be kind of I don't know. There's there's some here's for instance there's people from Riot Games, Zynga, uh, one of the lead engineers at Google, um, Snaps Game Studios, and someone from Congregate. So this is something that's got some big names in it, but they're raising support for the studio uh, to have a game authoring platform that combines generative AI with an easy to use game editor and tool set. Kind of like a, a way for people to make simple games, I would assume without having to understand all the programming. So they want a mature tool set that will allow our team to explore brand new game systems, themes, and mechanics in almost the same amount of time it would take to describe them. Now, that may be a little bit... That seems like that's a little bit of pie-in-the-sky thinking. I can't, even, I can't even get Bing to generate me the right image that I want. And these guys Have you tried their newer generator? Yeah, now yeah, they, uh, yeah, they've let released me be clear. the newer. It's a little it, bit it, better. It, it, <laughs> it It's great. It's amazing. I'm not saying that it's not. Yeah. My point is, when I tell it to do something and it does a pretty good job at doing it, we, there's a lot of steps between that and, hello, AI, I would like you to build me yeah. a first-person shooter game based in Somalia. I mean, yeah. you're talking, it's, it, we are so far away from seeing anything practical and usable for these things. Well, and I, I don't know that bringing a whole game engine is a good idea. Why not no. make something for Unreal Engine or for Unity? Because they don't want to be partnered, they don't want to lays... be tied in with these guys. That's the whole problem. Yeah, but you're, you're going to get so many cookie cutter, you know, the equivalent of cookie cutter games. Yes. Piled out with these things because they're going to, people are going to say these general descriptions and this is going to create fairly similar concepts. You know, it's going to have the basic mechanics of a shooter, but it's, you're still going to have to know and understand programming to go and polish it. And this is all going to be machine generated code. Good luck going in and making a bunch of cha changes well, to this because you'll have no idea of how the code base works. I was going to say, you know, you thought video game bugs were bad in a game like H1Z1. Can you imagine what the bugs yeah. would look like in some random-ass AI-created game? Can you imagine oh, yeah. the bugs? I mean, it's yeah. not... It, it, you, I can't even comprehend code, it. Even the code generators, um, you know, Amazon has one, Microsoft has one, Copilot, things like that, Code Whisper. They still will put out wonky code sometimes. You have to understand programming. You know, it'll give you suggestions or maybe give you the structure of something, but you still have to understand how to program to use those products. It doesn't do everything for you. It's just an assistant. Uh, yeah. This is going to, this really should be the same thing because if you're promising, all you have to do is describe your game and we'll make it for you. You're going to have so many people that are just creating trash. It's going to be so buggy. And so many problems, and they're going to be pumping them onto the Steam marketplace. It's the equivalent of just buying one of these game packs, like off the Epic Store, and just oh, yeah. putting your name on it. And then on. saying, I, mean, I know the how to make a same, game. Exactly. Exact, Shootergame.exe. I mean, it's going to be the, it's going to be the exact same thing. There's so much polish that has to happen after that to make it a playable, usable game that's unique. Let me be clear. That's just the first uh, no, step. I disagree with you. It's not polish. It's uniqueness. 
Not every, yeah. You don't want every single game to feel the movement, everything to feel exactly the same. Because you have if to that's go the, in and fix it. It's not like you have to go in and it, fix it. It's just the way that you develop a game. When you're developing a game from scratch or from a very basic framework, which is where a lot of people start, yeah. you make add-ons. Yes, there are movement systems that a lot of games use, but there's those unique little twists and things that they do to them that makes it yeah. unique. And you're not going to have any of that when you tell your video game builder.ai to build you a dinosaur hunting game like Ark. It's just all going to feel like yeah. the same crap. Yes, and that's going to be part, that's going to be a lot of that issue. Now, here's where let me let me give you an example of of a plugin for Unreal Engine that's been released. Okay. That I think does make more sense. Sure. So, there's an Unreal Engine 5.3 plugin that lets you train NPCs via machine learning. This is something that makes more sense to me because Training AI is something very difficult. You know, training AI, like they're showing in the example here, to, to have people race along with you in a racing game yeah. is pretty difficult to get it to feel real, to make it feel like that's not a computer driving that car, that you're actually competing against someone else in a car. And so, you know, they're using machine learning to train these vehicles to drive and try to figure out how to drive around the track in an efficient way so that they're competitive against the player you know, in, in a single-player mode. That makes now that's sense cool. to me. Yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, you know, and so this is going to be to where you just, you know, you put it and it can sit there and do a bunch of iterations. Um, I think also when you start looking at plugins, maybe that will assist in taking a model and making it a movable character. Like, that makes sense to me because there's a lot of repetitive things that take a lot of understanding of the little details that they can get it really close, you know, to, to make something at least someone can make a prototype with. But making a full game from, and engine, you know, from top to bottom, however they're doing that engine, but making a full game from top to bottom that just doesn't make a ton, ton of sense to me. Or I think AI will have a big use in, first of all, artificial intelligence the game, NPCs, uh, maybe for level generation, coming up with a basic layout. You know, they've, they showed a lot of that in one of the recent uh, Unreal Engines of you know doing that for us and making it feel real. Like, I can see the use of that. But when it comes to designing your game, I think that's where it will be a problem and it just won't work. Like, have it, it's got to be a tool used by someone who's a professional or knows what they're doing to help them, not something that's making it so someone who doesn't know anything about it can make a game. Because then what are you going to do with that game? <laughs> it's just, you know, it, it's like the... Uh, cookie cutter WordPress themes that they, they pop out. It's like, oh, I know how to make, you know, you don't really know how to do anything with WordPress. You're, you know, they, they're using AI to generate you a theme. What happens when there's a problem? So um, one thing that's been really being an issue, though, is there's been a lot of, of worries about copyright and court. Uh, I know with Copilot, you know, which helps with code, Microsoft says that they'll go to bat with for you in court. Um, I've heard some other of these where they say, hey, if there's any issues, you know, we'll go to court and battle for you. But there's been a lot that have actually lost, especially when it comes to image generation, content generation, because they're basing it off this copyrighted content that we've been talking about it. Uh, but the U.S. Copyright Office, they're asking to hear from people um, starting August 30th. They were wanting to hear about people, you know, what they think about AI and copyright. 
uh, you know, of course, getting just general people's totally unbased opinions isn't necessarily going to be something that I think will, will help a lot. But I think that this is something that we've seen, you know, all this image generation, for instance, Bing, where are they training these models at? How are they coming up with all this training? Is this something that they've done privately? Are they using Bing search results of images, which are copyrighted? Most of those are copyrighted images. Are using that to train it? Um, you know, that's where it comes to me is how, what things are you accessing to make this happen? Uh, if you can come up with one that's totally inside of its own ecosystem, kind of like, uh, what's the, um, what's the, what's that image company that does a lot of stock images? Getty images. Um, Getty. They're, they're releasing one using their own images. Of course, what well, they own everything by the rights to that image. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've got, they got tons and tons of images. So I can understand there off of ones that you currently own, train your model off of that. But what happens when you sell the rights to that image? Because that's what they do. You can go and you can buy the rights to an image so no one else can use it. Well, if they've already trained their AI on it, then you own the rights to it, but they can generate something that's almost identical to what you purchased using AI at that point because they have yours in the system. That's where I can see issues happening. Like, are you going to then untrain the AI on something that someone's purchased? Like, what are the... What are the issues with that? Those are, those are the things that I think they're going to have to figure out. Like, can you get your image out of this system if you've paid for the rights to it? Because they'll go and sue you after the fact. You have purchased an image, uh, and then Getty Images buys the rights to it, and they'll sue you. I mean, this is kind of the same concept in reverse. Getty's now selling the rights to it. Well, they would sue you for the same thing that they're doing, which is very hypocritical of them. It's, it, so, it, yes, that, very very hypocritical unfortunately brian the law and the adaptation of law moves so unbelievably slow that it is yeah. there's likely going to be a lot of people that get really screwed um until the law is able to catch up and figure out how it needs to handle this that it is yeah. there's going to be a lot of people that are not inherently doing something wrong or thinking that they're doing something wrong that are going to get really, yep. really hurt because they're just yeah. there's just there's way too many unknowns. The the legal system. I mean, Brian, the, the legal system is barely able to it can't even handle social media. And that's not new. I, know. I mean, social medias have existed since the early out, 2000s. Yeah. Now you're talking about A.I. I mean, it's a completely different ballpark. Well, and you've got there's a recent court case or I think two of them where against open A.I., you've got comedians and writers suing them because of their content being in the system. So uh, what Sarah Silverman, who I'm not a big fan of, uh, Christopher Golden's a, a novelist, Richard Kadri is a novelist. They're all a part of this lawsuit. And uh, ChatGPT is saying, you know, harvesting protected by fair use and Superlab, you know, argues that this is something, you know, they're going to figure that argument out. They've got to figure out who has the rights to this. If it's out on the internet, is that something they have the rights to scrape? Um, Google does it, but you know there's a limited way that they're using it. Um, so this is this is playing out in the courts. But do the judges even have an understanding of this? Because a lot of times we hear cases and we hear the opinions of a judge who has no clue about technology. You know, when it comes to something at this depth, they may have a basic understanding of technology enough to give a somewhat, you know, coherent argument or you know decision. But when it comes down to this, I think this is something that none of them have a true understanding of. 
and the implications of their decision could be huge, uh, you know, in, as far as the impact on AI. So, uh, you know, this I think this has been something. What is copyright? Does copyright need to be changed to accommodate? Yes. That's I think what the argument's going to end up being is yes, a copyright's going to have to be manipulated in, in what we consider it in order for this to work. You know, does copyright mean that you can't? Because copyright's been really strict. Like you can't make a copy of of an image and post it on the internet. Um, it's not the original image; it's a copy of an image. But that's you know, that's the equivalent of what they're doing here. Uh, you know, was this going to loosen copyright? Because there's a lot of countries that aren't as strict on copyright as we are. Uh, some of the ones that post the they host the the pirating websites, you know, Sweden and Norway and places like this. You know, well, is that the direction that we have to go to keep this technology moving forward? No, I hope not, because when you look at this stuff, it's not just, you know, we're j- right now we're just talking about graphics and, and, and images and things like that. This is a larger thing, conversation about intellectual property, which is a very mm-hmm. important thing. And it's what software. I mean, there's all kinds so- of things, physical products, even. Brian. I mean, in, in, you, know, yeah, yep. you have intellectual you have IP over uh, products. I've, you, I think I've used this example on the show before. There's a company here in North Carolina called, called Charlotte Pipe. Uh, Brian, in your new house or the house you're living in right now, you probably have a piece of PVC pipe that says Charlotte Pipe on it. And they are one of, they're the largest PVC manufacturer in the country. China, about 10 years ago, started importing Charlotte Pipe pipe. They were just ripping this stuff off yep. in China, literally slapping their name all over it, watermarking it, and then importing it to and the they United allow States. It there. They don't yeah, do anything to stop there, it. There's, there. there's no concern. So no, I mean, we don't want to be like that. I mean, because then, then you are, then you're in a really tough situation business wise. Um, yeah. So, but, but in these circumstances, and when you're looking with, uh, looking at AI specifically, in, in this case, images and 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 generation of those or or whatnot, um, the law will probably have to adapt at least a little bit. To, 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 to meet well, the needs of this of these services. No question about it. But even the fact now that they've they've ruled that AI, something created with AI can't be copyrighted, that's gonna have to be figured out. If you're creating all these tools to help game developers create games using AI, okay, well, will you be able to even copyright your game at that point? No. And say you will that not. So, so anyone can if they're going to have to all be open sourced games that anybody yes. can use and copy and, and you know that's creating a mess in itself no, how are what, you selling be a product great. making something that a person can't even sell what be well they can sell it they can sell it for well, they can $20 sell it, but i can then, then take it no they sell it for 20 dollars. then you go to the ai big ai machine and go build me the same game and then you sell it for 10 dollars. and then yeah, i come I in like and sell it for five dollars yeah. and then somebody else comes in and gives it away for free that's what will happen then you got a million trash games yeah that do nothing. all that all do the same thing yeah. once some are 50 dollars, some are free it's all the same junk i mean that and that's that, that that's exactly the same thing with stealing intellectual property and producing an inferior version of the product the same thing happened with the steel industry and everything else it's a it's a it's a serious well, issue this is something that sweeney on epic game store he says he's open to devs using generative ai sure uh you know, he says we shouldn't assume all generative AI is terrible or infringing. But the problem is, if you cannot copyright it, then how can they put it, uh, something on their store that they then say, you know, you're you're not legally allowed to pirate this or do whatever with it? Well, and uh, I think that's that... going to be what they need to figure out is how can they put something on their store 
that can, is not copyright copyrighted and can't legally be copyrighted. I, I think, I, 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 I think it all comes down to how much of it and and what exactly yeah. you're doing with it. Um, for example, I mean, it was proved IBM, um, with their original, um, oh God, the, what, what is it that they had copywritten? The, uh, the code for their, for um, MS-DOS, for MS-DOS, well, for, for, or not for MS-DOS, um, but yeah. for, um, for their bootloader. Yes, it was their bootloader yeah. that they had. They had the physical code copywritten, but they couldn't copyright what it did they could copyright the code so then they came out with a clone x86 so or x86 clone that's, right that's where and then, they that's came, where and then all of a sudden compaq showed up and they yep. completely reverse engineered the ibm bootloader with never touching the chip never looking at the code just followed the prompts and made something that did the same thing it was they ibm tried suing the living hell out of compaq and they lost because they, they did yep. not infringe on their copyright, which was, in that case, the physical code. Not the actions, but the physical lines of code is what IBM had the copyright over. And they lost. Well, and they, yeah. And, and, and then you had a, 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 a Megatrends come through. The and then Megatrends literally reverse engineered it and then gave it away to everybody and said, hey, if you want an IBM-compatible uh, uh, bootloader, we'll sell it to you. That's literally what how America yep. Megatrends started. That's what they did. So yeah. we've seen things like this happen in the past. Now, we've not had the AI component of it, of course, but you've seen this in the technology field, in the computer field happen. You can't copyright this. You can't copyright all this stuff. It's just yeah. you, you can't copyright shooting Nazi zombies. Like yeah. Call of Duty can't copyright that. They copyright the name. They might be able to copyright some of the. Uh, minute elements, but you can't copyright or even the idea. They might, patent, they might patent some concept, or you know, some sure, but, game but, mechanic but, or something. But they can't. Very specific. But it's got to be a very specific mechanic. You can't go walking through a door and shooting somebody. That's not a patentable or a uh, copyrightable yeah. thing. It's got to be very minute detail. That's why when you look at you dig into patents and 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 look at uh, intellectual property, you see the l smallest little things are what are actually copywritten and patented because you can't patent everything. It just yeah. doesn't work like that. Well, and that, and that's the thing is that I think this is going to stress that whole legal system until they settle this and probably make some compromises in the end. Because, Let's take a break uh, for know, like 15 years and come back because I think that's, that'll <laughs> be about the time we'll be looking at. I'll be, in my, I'll be, 40, yeah. I'll be close to 40 years old. Well, and that's the thing is, for instance, that that one guy who's suing OpenAI, he's suing him for hundreds of thousands of novels. So he's saying he's claiming copyright infringement on hundreds of thousands of novels uh, because of all the things that they've been training on. So, uh, you know, really. But now <laughs> that, you, but, I mean, but, but that is an issue. No, that that yeah. I think is an issue. If you're using your AI and using a learning model of actually copywritten content, that is mm -hmm. an issue to me. That's not. It is. And th that's but how are you going to train if you're trying to come up with something that can write like that? You need to train it on real material. Well, this is where I think they're going to have to come up with a way for people to write things and submit it to the training engine and create a marketplace based on that. Where Start people buying. aren't selling their work. Kind of like Fiverr, or, you know, something that's more enhanced than Fiverr. But something to where you can go and create work that then you can sell to this AI company the rights to it 
so they can use it to train their models you know, and, and make it to where it makes it's, it's something reasonable to where they feel like they're making some money. But how, you know, say here's ways that you can easily help train this and maybe guardrails so they're not just writing crazy stuff. But, you know, come up with a, a marketplace for that. Make it profitable so that people can still make money and don't, don't just, because really they're just stealing tons of authors' content and then creating content to compete against those. The, the solution to this is licensing. I mean, we, yeah. we already know that. I mean, we have, we, have a, 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 we have a practical way of handling this. If you want your AI to learn off of a bunch of literature, you need to pay to license that literature. I mean, it's, yep. it's that, that's, that's, that's what it is. But that requires money and requires yep. going through a process to do it, which these companies don't want to do because it's the AI industry right now. And I'm, I'm on a, working on a little side project with a couple of friends dealing with some AI stuff. It's all about getting to market. Because there's a thousand new AI, not all of it's actually AI, but a thousand new AI products showing up every single day. Yep. So the problem is you can't really train off of 10 items. You need hundreds and hundreds to thousands of thousands or as many items you can get to really get a good uh, base. And that's the problem this comes down to. You know, how are they going to pay all these people something that is reasonable to help train these models? they have to figure out a way that they're going to make money first to be able to then pay out. So it's, I think that's, it's a cart before the horse kind of an issue of they need to pay these people to train, but they need to figure out how to make money off of the AI stuff first. <laughs> if they had the, if they're already making the money and then pay people afterwards, great. But you know, that's kind of too late. Yeah. So. All right, Brian, where can people find right. you online? Well, if you want to find me on X, you can get at Boise computer, or you can go to at Brian Aldridge on gab getter or truth social you want to go check out my blog, biteoftech.com, or of course, if you go to our website, infectionpodcast.com, you go to the upper right-hand side, join our server on Discord, because that's a good way for you to get a hold of Nick or I. Maybe you want to play on one of our 11 ARC servers, or if you want to submit some topics to our show news channel, just put some links in there, and we'll review that before the live show starts. If you want to watch that live show, you can do that on Twitch or YouTube, or watch the recording after the fact on Rumble. Uh, if you want to listen to the podcast, you can do that after we, we finish our recording on the lower right-hand side, lots of different platforms devices ways to listen uh and those are all free if you're going to be listening though that means we've got the particular episode show notes all uploaded to the website and ready to go just click on that particular episode there's an audio video player built into that page and then of course links for everything that we discussed throughout the show maybe there's a video that you wanted to see we showed one earlier in the show uh if you're listening you can go jump in there and check it out for yourself or maybe go in a little bit deeper because we get a lot of material that we, we talk a little bit about, but there's a lot more content there for you to check out. If you want to support us, you can do it through the support menu option up top, or you can go to infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Yes, you can. Brian, as always, greatly appreciated, my friend. Um, we'll uh, be back uh, maybe not, maybe next week, maybe not. We're still working out some scheduling uh, details on yep. that. So uh, nevertheless, uh, of course, you can always uh, check out our Discord server. We'll keep you up to date with all of that. Uh, Brian, as always, greatly appreciated. We'll see you next time. See you then. Alrighty, folks, that's going to do it. If you want to check out my uh, day gig, you can uh, visit nickcraig.com or check out the Wilmington's Morning News podcast. If you missed any portion of this show, however, you can find all of that, links to uh, various videos and topics on our website. It's infectionpodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.